You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Janet Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Jeff Concepcion, founder and CEO of Stratus Wealth Partners, which earned a spot on the Barron's Top 20 list of independent advisors two years in a row. Jeff, we know that it's not the boring, quiet years when advisors really prove their value. And 2020 was was marked by historic volatility and the coronavirus pandemic. How did advisors adapt during this time and what did you learn? Yeah, I think it was very interesting. A, a lot of the norms were questioned uh, relative to how we conduct business and how we interact with clients, how we utilize or learn to not utilize a physical workplace. I think firms quickly became aware of their ability to operate remotely, and some firms were better equipped than others. And frankly, I think clients and our advisor partners look to us more for advice and guidance and handholding with some of the unknowns. It wasn't just the market unknowns, but the health unknowns and global implications. So it was a year, I think, that sort of put lots of new uh, situations into play for folks in the wealth management industry and, and frankly, every industry to think about, to deal with, and to cope with. And you clearly managed to do quite well, given all of those challenges. How did you come out ahead during such a difficult year? I think we were very fortunate. Uh, We have a lot of infrastructure. So with close to 800 bodies associated with our enterprise, we have a very large IT team. And within a week, most of our folks were able to operate remotely. Um, I think we have a very large uh, group on the investment side. And advisors have typically put a wall up between the firm that they're affiliated with and their clients. This time they really asked for air cover. So every single day we had a phone call with a thousand lines open for our heads of uh, investment, all all of our CFA teams to be on those calls and kind of give layman's terms, basic clear explanations to clients as to what was happening and maybe how they should think about reacting to where we might've been within a given cycle. That only lasted about six weeks, but we had daily calls and we've never really had that level of engagement, not with our advisors who are our clients, but with the end investor who are their clients. And all the various engagement as well as innovation is really impressive from 2020. But do you think that can be sustained through 2021? What are some new creative ways to continue that momentum? I, I think we learned to be resourceful. It's, it's very, very interesting. Um, so one, at the enterprise level, one of the things that I'll describe is our T&E was obviously not surprisingly down by 70 or 80 percent travel and entertainment. I'm probably one of the only people in our firm that still traveled fairly routinely during all of this. And shockingly, we didn't grow any less. We didn't onboard any less teams. Uh, we had a really, really strong year. And I think much the same if I translate that from advisors to clients, I'm sure that their face-to-face interaction with clients was less, but their level of effectiveness didn't necessarily diminish. So they found other ways to communicate, other ways to collaborate, other ways to serve and support their clients in sort of a non-traditional sense. Uh, one interesting conversation I had with, with many, you know, we have probably 110 offices around the country, was a lot of our advisors rethinking infrastructure and real estate. So a couple of firms that had just built out beautiful new offices basically said, if we knew then what we know now, uh, they might not have made some of the commitments to overhead and real estate, realizing how effectively not only they and their teams, but even their clients could respond to a different kind of relationship and interaction. What do you think will be the biggest challenges for RIAs in 2021 and how are you combating those challenges? 
Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So I, I think um, there are lots of issues, some related to the pandemic and others not. Uh, size and scale seems to be an issue. Uh, if I'm a little private practice doctor operating, operating in a small community, uh, how do I give my clients the feel and the technology and the experience of being affiliated with a really large hospital or, or medical institution? So as practitioners or advisors that are operating smaller solo practices, it can be done. The question is how do they insource and outsource and collaborate so that their clients have the feel or the experience of greater depth and bench strength and technology uh, from a solo practitioner that they might get from a larger firm. So uh, again, that's really non-pandemic related. From a pandemic perspective, uh, and frankly, even when we think about electoral changes and political implications and, and tax changes, uh, there's there's a lot to navigate. We're not sort of out of the pandemic yet with the, with the recent release of vaccines, but I think one would hope maybe by mid-year that if we don't return to normalcy, things will look more normal than perhaps the last year has. So I just think uh, navigating the, the general markets, navigating a, an administration change, navigating a return not to the norm, but maybe to a new norm that's more normal than what we've experienced. Uh, I think there's a lot for advisors and for wealth management firms to wrap their arms around in the hopes of continuing to uh, not only sustain, but to, to succeed and to grow. Mm -hmm. Are there any funds in particular that you're recommending in 2021? Uh, I wouldn't be the right person to answer that question. There are folks a lot smarter than me that, that can do that. I think really the question is, um, from an asset management standpoint, we're helping to, from a macro level, pass down some advice and guidance to our advisors. Obviously, you still have the same conundrum that you've had with fixed income in this interest rate environment. Um, how, how are clients creating income? How are you creating yield? Um, you know, are, are advisors looking at alternative investments? as a way, or are they looking at just really high quality dividend paying stocks, uh, recognizing that there might be some volatility along the way, but you could probably clip a better coupon there than you can from traditional fixed income investments. Uh, so I think it's there's just lots of interesting challenges for advisors to navigate as they think not only about asset management, but as they think about income generation uh, for many of their clients that are retired or retiring. And if you had to sum it up, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over the years as one of the top independent advisors in the country? Well, I think the key is not to rest on your laurels. Uh, I think it's important to go through an exercise that we call Control-Alt-Delete. Uh, and every advisor and every wealth management firm should do this. Uh, clear the slate and start from scratch with a blank slate. If I wasn't what I am today, what might I be? And I think what we'd find if we take kind of an honest look and an assessment is there are certain services that we're providing to clients that we would continue to, others that we might not. There might be technologies that we would adopt. This year, we found that there are ways to uh, interact with our clients, be it in our case, an, a financial advisor or in, in advisor's cases, the end investor, there are different ways to interact and different ways to communicate. Uh, I think the key is to be an internal disruptor not to assume that because we're running a good business that what we're doing is right or relevant and to really challenge ourselves and challenge our business model to say, how could we be doing things differently? How should we be doing things differently? When you create that internal disruption, I think you uh, don't eliminate, but you minimize the risk of irrelevance because I think things are changing. And if we don't force ourselves to change and evolve and be introspective, we might find that our business model, our deliverables, our services, our asset management strategies you know, may not meet the needs or we may fall behind the times. What does the future of communication look like in the asset management and the independent advisory space? Yeah, I think I think communication is is interesting. Um, you know, it, I think advisors utilize today 
social media, probably not well, but far better than they did previously. I think the notion of communicating with clients one-on-one -on -one is really, really important, but I think leverage and scale gets achieved when, when people leverage social media, when they leverage newsletters. Uh, we happen to be users of Orion from a performance reporting standpoint, then we can create videos, our advisors can, uh, where they're able to speak to clients and actually reference a client statement, sort of drops right into that video, uh, and they can give the clients kind of a monthly update. It does not eliminate the intimate sort of one-on-one -on -one touch and review, but I think the key is leveraging technology can allow us to be more communicative. Uh, we can leverage our teams to communicate. Uh, we can leverage technology to communicate. And clients, I think we found, don't often leave for performance. They leave because of a lack of communication, a lack of contact, a lack of, a lack of understanding about what we're thinking about, what our concerns are, what our views are of the markets and, their view, and, and our view of what they need from a planning perspective. So leveraging communication electronically through social media, through video, and certainly you can't eliminate that one-on-one -on -one touch, the intimacy of that one-on-one -on -one review, but learning that there are multiple ways that we can communicate that can be effective so that our clients know that they're top of mind. Those are all excellent points. And finally, Jeff, any final thoughts, any final advice that you'd like to leave our viewers with? Yeah, I, th I think that uh, whenever there's disruption and whenever there's change, there's an opportunity for growth. We can see ourselves as victims or we can see ourselves in an environment that will allow us to think differently and be open-minded. And I think the better firms, the better advisors will come out of this pandemic and come out of all this change that we've been through from a political standpoint, from a national standpoint. And, and if they really are introspective, you know, we'll end up better at our crafts. So change isn't always comfortable. Change can sometimes be painful, but I think change can lead us to a better version of what we were prior to the disruption. So I think that silver lining is through all of this, we will have had learnings. Uh, we will look at our business differently, the way we communicate with clients, and frankly, even the markets in a, in a different fashion, all of which could lead us to be better and more thoughtful about our craft in the future. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Visit AssetTV.com for more financial news and information, and be sure to check out our other episodes of the Meet the RIA podcast.